Welcome to Library Life, the podcast where we talk about all things library. And some things not. My name is Shana. And my name is Jenna. And this week we're talking about literary and genre fiction. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Mm -hmm. This week we are talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Yeah, mine too, and something that I always think about. So this week we are talking about literary fiction mm-hmm. and genre fiction, mm-hmm. and we're going to do that by doing a little bit of a side-by-side, Yes, which I think is going to be super fun. <laughs> we have a couple books here, a literary fiction book, a genre, and a fiction. genre fiction. Yeah. So we're going to do a side-by-side comparison, and then we're going to talk about some of the conclusions from that, because I think it will um, prompt quite a bit of conversation yes. <laughs> around these two different... Mm-hmm. It's hard, because you think of genre fiction as like you know, your certain genres, but literary fiction is in itself a genre, right? Yes. So. Um, and I'm sure all of you listening can guess um, which one of us <laughs> which? reads more literary versus more genre. If you've listened to the podcast for yes. a while, you will know our reading habits. <laughs> but before we get into our side-by-side comparison here, I just want to talk for a minute about the definitions of mm. each of these, because I think that's a good place to start. Because sometimes people... You probably know, but sometimes people don't know the lingo, right? So, literary fiction is typically defined as character-driven. It often has social... I was going to say salacious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes, eh? (laughs) (laughs) It's more genre fiction. (laughs) So, literary fiction um, is often character-driven, often has social and political commentary in it. It looks at, like, the human condition... Uh, and it's often open to stylistic complexity, mm-hmm. lyrical language. So it's more like highbrow, mm-hmm. if you will. I kind of hate saying that, but like <laughs> we're talking about what, how it's perceived. Yes. And it is perceived as like highbrow. These are the books that win awards. Like, um, I mean, like genre books win awards too, but mm-hmm. they win the big awards, you know, like the yeah. Giller or the Man Booker, mm-hmm. Pulitzer or whatever. So... These are the award-winning books often thought of as smart, often thought of as capital L literature. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there are problems with that. But that is the definition when we're talking about it. Um, sometimes they're often seen as slow as well. Like, they kind of meander, take mm. their time. Yeah. Boring-ish. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally valid. Please use that as part of your description. <laughs> And genre fiction is a little bit easier to define. It's also known as popular fiction. Mm-hmm. Wonder why. Mm-hmm. And it is plot driven and it fits into different categories and has familiar structure. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you read fantasy, you know you're going to get your magic and your good versus evil. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The chosen one, those kinds of tropes. And there are, I wrote down what the different categories are. You know, how do you think you know? Like, you could just list off all the genres off the top of your head, but you're like, oh, maybe I can't do that. (laughs) So I wrote them down. Okay. (laughs) So these are the common genres. So crime, fantasy, romance, sci-fi, western, inspirational, historical fiction, and horror. Do you think Mm -hmm. that covers all of them? Yeah, I think so. Like... It's tough because even as I'm explaining these definitions, there's so much overlap and there's mm-hmm. so many ways that there, things don't fit into these. But those are the general yes. understandings. And the we're umbrella gonna, genres. Yes. Yeah, so we are going to delve into that in this episode. 
And I think the reason I was just like, I wrote something sideways on the page here of notes and I'm like, what did I do with my chicken scratch? Oh, readers are uh, familiar with genre fiction, which is why they go back to it. It's like, okay, if I pick up a horror book, I know I'm going to get X, Y, Z. Yes. So those are the two differences between literary fiction and genre fiction. And it's interesting. This is kind of an aside, but I think it's going to come up. Um, Many of you know that I wrote a book and I'm in the process of querying it right now. And when you're querying different agents, um, a lot of agents will say they don't take genre fiction. Mm. Well, not a lot, but a number of them. But almost every single agent will say they take literary fiction. Because they know it's the stuff that's going to win prizes. Yeah. And, and that people will buy. But then again, are people going to buy it? Well, I feel like people will, will feel obligated to slash guilty for Yeah, I have a certain it. prestige. Yeah, it, right? so then it will sit on their shelves and they may or may not. Yeah. So it's just an interesting aside that I noticed that a lot of agents are like, I take like all these random things and literary fiction, all of them say and literary fiction. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be like, I don't accept any fiction except literary fiction. Anyways, so let's get on to our side by side analysis. Yeah. Okay. Should we tell them what books were? No, we're not going to tell you the books. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, it's going to be a game where you guys have to guess by the end. And you will know if you are a true literary fiction, <laughs> if you are true literature elite, if you know the books. <laughs> I'm just joking, obviously. Okay, Sheena, tell them what book you have. Okay, so I picked uh, Frost Burned by Patricia Briggs. It's part of the Mercy Thompson Which series. we have talked about at length mm-hmm. on this podcast. What genre is this? Uh, fantasy. Specifically, urban fantasy. Yes, totally. And I picked The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, which is literary fiction. Yes. And I said to Shannon when we were looking at books to do, I said, let's pick books that we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, because it's easy to, like, rag on one or the other. Yes. But I'm like, let's purposely pick books we thought were good. Because mm-hmm. I have some literary fiction books on my shelf that aren't good. <laughs> or that were just okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I wanted to pick something I actually liked. And I did like The Goldfinch. Mm-hmm. And I assume you liked yes. that one. Have I read that one? Which one is that? Um, it's after Rivermarked. Well, that does not help me. I don't remember titles. No. What happens in that one? Well, are we going to talk about this? Oh, yeah. Wait. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jenna's jumping the gun. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. We have an agenda for this episode. <laughs> All right. So let's start by opening up these books and seeing what's inside. Do you want to do yours first? Sure. All right. Let's see. I feel like this is an unboxing video, but a podcast. <laughs> this is my book haul. <laughs> <laughs> it came with some plastic on it. Let me just take that plastic off. Have you ever seen those videos? <laughs> okay, anyways. Okay, first page. All right. Just title. Titles of the other yeah, books series. that she's read that she's written. A little dedication. Acknowledgement. And a map. Oh, interesting. A map. Map of the Tri Cities. Yeah. And then first page. First page. Okay. Let's have a look at what's in the opening pages of the Goldfinch. What do you call this? Extra textual stuff? Is that the right term? Okay. So I have a title page. I also have a books by Donna Tartt. None of them are series. Yeah. Let's take note of that, everybody. Also, we should take note that you have like two titles on there and and Patricia Riggs has like a full page of like... Oh, that is true. The ones (laughs) in the Donna Tartt book are just The Secret History and The Little Friend. And then there's like one, two. There's like all my series and all my spinoff series. Yeah. Like it's a full page. So that's like the first big difference, right? It's like mm-hmm. genre fiction tends to be in series. Literary yeah. fiction. I can't think of really any literary fiction that's in series. Anything. Sometimes they'll be like linked. Oh, yeah. But like not 
not like a series like you know I mean maybe there's probably some stuff out there but like your classic literary yeah. stuff you think of okay dedication and then we have part one and a quote that's an epigraph that's what that's called right yeah, yeah. a quote before it this is the quote let me read it to you the absurd does not liberate it binds Albert Campus. Wow. That <laughs> your is classic, so... like, <laughs> your, what do you call it? The classic, like, vague yes, quote. Like, I don't know how this applies to the book, Skip. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> I have to say, like, with literary fiction, like, I'm probably going to rag on it a bunch. I do love it. Mm-hmm. And when I queried my book, I queried it as literary fiction. And yes. I will admit, I had a quote at the beginning of my book. But I took it out because I realized the error of my ways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we have, okay, chapter one is Boy with a Skull, and then we're into the book. But that quote thing, oh my goodness, I wanted to talk about that because <laughs> so many books do it, and I yes. think it's, like, a little pretentious. I, half the time, don't even read it. I know, I just skip over I'm it. like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I know, like, the reference. Like, sometimes I know yeah if it's like from shakespeare or something i'm like oh okay i know that's from hamlet and this is the theme of hamlet yeah but like most of it i don't know what it is i'm like cool i have to i feel like the author was like i really like this quote so i'm just gonna let me put it in somewhere just put it in there so anyways anyways okay let's do the first sentence okay so this is from the patricia biggs book you read yours all right you should have brought the van said my stepdaughter <laughs> it's a dialogue mm-hmm. okay let me read the first sentence of the goldfinch while I was still in Amsterdam, I dreamed about my mother for the first time in years. Well, that's very <laughs> drastically different. <laughs> very different. And then it goes on. The first paragraph describes the hotel that he's in. And it's quite a long paragraph. A good, like, two inches on the page. Yeah. And then, essentially, the first paragraph in Frostburned is, like, two sentences. <laughs> And is it dialogue? Yeah. There's the first little bit is dialogue and then it's just like describing and then another bunch of dialogue. Yeah. So it's conversation between people. Yes. Whereas this is like, I'm stuck in a hotel room and I haven't been out of it for days is what this description is. The whole first page is all just description of the city he's in and the hotel and the people kind of moving around Mm -hmm. him, but he's in there just being angsty. I say that with love. I did, I did like the Goldfinch. I just thought it was a good, good book. It could have been 100 pages shorter, but... <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So, that's an interesting comparison, right? Yes, very interesting. So, like, yours opens... Like, right in the middle of a scene, and it's, like, the first little bit is a dialogue. Right. Interesting. Whereas this is opening kind of not in the middle of the action at all. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly how this plays out, it's almost like it's a framing device where it's like he's looking back on the mm. like this is like the end of the story mm-hmm. um in terms of chronological order but then he's like recounting it yeah because it starts in his childhood and it goes up mm-hmm. so in case you don't know the goldfinch is about a boy who steals a piece of art during like a is it like a an earthquake or a terrorist attack or something. There's some reason. like, But some, there's a disaster. A disaster, yeah. And then he takes the art and they think that the art has been, uh, was just lost in the disaster. And mm-hmm. then he has it and it's about his life and like the guilt that haunts him and how he makes all these choices relating to this painting he stole. 
And what is the Patricia Briggs one about? Uh, so this one is essentially what happens is the whole werewolf pack gets kidnapped except for Mercy and her, her stepdaughter, Jesse. And the whole book is about like Mercy trying to find the pack and reunite. I don't with think I've read that one. I don't think I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, did you say husband? I don't think they're married yet. How far I got into that series? Yeah, I think this is the book that's just right after they get married. Okay, I definitely haven't read them getting married. So, anyways, I don't know. That's my. That might have just been a spoiled. <laughs> oh come you. on! But really, <laughs> he, she's like the main. He's like the main love interest. Of course, she's gonna get married to him eventually. Yeah. Anyways, so very different types very, of very stories different. here, right? Yes. So you can see, even just based on the definitions we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, that the goldfinch is very character driven. Mm-hmm. It's about this boy growing up and like that guilt and how it weighs on him. Mm-hmm. Whereas yours, it's very plot driven. Like the whole conflict is the fact that you know she has to find her pack and everything and yeah and like is she gonna make it yeah exactly and like who's she gonna alley with and like and bad guys and yes. then it's gonna be like a battle or something yeah. near the end yeah because all those books have kind of the same formula yes okay all that being said i think it's worth looking at why are we attracted to these mm. books so what is it about the genre fiction book frostbit I was going to say Frostbitten. No. Frostburned. Frostburned. <laughs> what is it about Frostburned that pulls you in? Well, definitely the familiarity of the world. Like, this is, like I said, I'm pretty sure this is, like, the seventh or eighth book. So it's quite a few books in the series. So, like, I'm invested in the characters. I want to see what happens to, like, Mercy and Adam and, like, how their relationship develops and also, like, get more... Yeah, just revisit the world, if you will. Okay, so that that makes sense because that's part of the series. Yes. Now, what if you were reading the first book in the series? Like, remember mm-hmm. way back when yes. you read the first one? I forget what it's called. <laughs> Moon Call? Moon Call, yeah, I think, Moon-called. yeah. When you read Moon Call, what pulled you into that? Well, definitely the werewolf theme. I was really into werewolves at that time. In- yes. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? Was that, like, was Twilight like, or I after? Think so. It was definitely, like, early... I don't think a 2010 yet, but definitely like 2007, 2008. Yeah, that was definitely Twilight. Yes. Twilight so I was really into. Did you ever I, read Twilight though? I read the first one. I think I just read the first one too. Um, but anyways, so then I was definitely reading anything in that genre. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And totally. Then... Which is like one of the things they talk about. Mm-hmm. People look for things in the genres they like and they yes. it's a guaranteed like this is going to be something I'm going to like. Yeah. So definitely that's something that drew me in and then kept me invested because I'm still reading these books. Now, what about like the actual nitty gritty of how the book is written? Um, yeah, I I enjoy Patricia Briggs' writing. I think it's, I don't know, well, you read the books too. And... Yeah, and like I do read quite a bit of genre fiction. Like yeah. I'm kind of a mix. I'm a mixed bag mm-hmm. for it. Like I'll read some literary, I'll read some genre. And I think the difference is that the dialogue is usually yes. so much better in genre fiction than in literary oh, yeah. fiction. And that's, I find, a huge thing for me. If the dialogue isn't snappy enough, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm just, I'm not pulled into the story. Like, I feel, a lot of times when I'm reading literary fiction, I feel like I'm a little bit removed from it. Okay, yeah, Whereas yeah. when it's genre fiction, I oh, find yeah, you're it's... you're, like, sucked in, like... <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier to get lost in it because... Yeah. The dialogue is, oh, there's a lot of dialogue usually. Yes. And it's very quick, yep. the pacing. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you find the pacing in, in that? 
Oh, very good. I mean, you could I probably read this book in a sitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And that's not uncommon for genre yeah. fiction, right? And that's one of the huge uh-huh. cons. So, or, sorry. What? One, one of the huge pros. <laughs> <What are> they... <laughs> Let's yes. get that right. One of the huge pros. <laughs> but yeah. are there any drawbacks from the yeah. genre fiction, in particular, this example you have? Yes. The one thing that I would say about... I don't think this is just for the Mercy Thompson series. I think it's for, like, a lot of fantasy series that have a lot of books in them. Is that you get to the point where you're just recycling plots. Or, like, like with these books, like, I enjoy them. But it's, like, how many times can Mercy get kidnapped? Or how many times can this happen? And, like, and you kind of start to notice the little, like, flaws. Like, I know this is definitely an example of the time period that it was written in. But like, oh wait, we should say that these books are both written in 2013. Yes, we managed to pick books from the same year. I know. I was like, wow, great luck. <laughs> so these people were writing yes. at the same time. Correct. The thing that kind of bugs me about the Mercy Thompson books is the fact that she has no female friends. Yeah, I remember reading that and being like, this feels a little. It's a little dated. Uncomfortable. I'm a little uncomfortable with how women are handled in this book. Yeah, like all of the female characters um, are either like. I, I don't want the word I want to say is not appropriate, but they're like they're essentially just like they're either um catty cat they're very catty or they're like super weak and they just kind of damsels like, in distress damsels in distress I got that vibe a lot from Moon Called and like Mercy's the only like strong one yeah essentially and I'm not like, like the other girls basically and like <laughs> none of the girls like me because I hang out with the boys all the time there's a little yeah. bit of that vibe that's happening yeah, in no this one book. Likes that. Um, but I mean, I still enjoy them, so I still read them. Yeah, so oh that's yeah. kind of like the downfalls that you get to, like, how many times can you really, like, like, when you're 10 books into a series, like... And it's like that with, when you read even different authors. Oh, yeah. Like, when it's you not can only just read this. so many mysteries. Oh, yeah. Because then it's like, okay, I know it's going to be this character. Yes. And this and is going to be the red herring and blah, exactly. blah, blah. Exactly. And, like, the way that I feel like genre writers, like, pull people in is that they have really strong, like, characters, like, and relationships between the characters that, like... And that's super interesting because if you look at the definition of literary fiction, character-driven, mm-hmm. and I think that's where genre fiction gets a bad rap. It's like, yeah. oh, it's all just, like, cardboard yes. people doing cardboard situations where it's, like, actually, some of the best characters I've read have been in genre fiction. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, especially now... The genre fiction that we're getting, it's held to a higher standard. Oh, yeah. Like, the writing in genre fiction is significantly mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. than, like, it's it's a different setup and a different structure. Yes. But I've seen, like, characters go through big arcs in genre fiction. Oh, yeah. That are, like, thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I feel like that's just the downfall of this yeah. series. It's, like, the formulaic stuff. Yeah, and it gets to a point where I'm, like... Okay, so either something has to happen within their relationship, or uh-huh. we have to change how Something's the formula go. But then, if you change the formula, then it's not then it's really like, yeah. fitting in your genre anymore. Yeah. So I feel like there's always like a slump in these series, and yeah. then it gets yeah up, up again. I remember finding that too in like the Louise Penny books. Yeah, those are crime, so mysteries. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a few books in the Miller series where I was kind of like, okay, I need a break from this. Yeah. But then the last few have been really good. Yeah. So. All right. In terms uh, yes, of the goldfinch, the goldfinch, which represents our literary fiction category, mm-hmm. we harp on literary fiction quite a bit. So <laughs> let's start with some of the pros. Yes. 
So I think the pro of the Goldfinch and how it reflects literary fiction is that you go on a journey mm-hmm. with these characters. Because they are often a bit slower, they take their time, you get really into the situation. Like, you feel mm-hmm. like you've had a really thorough look at it. Well, and also, it, since it's a standalone versus a series, I feel like it's like the character's whole life is in that book. Yeah. Versus, like, like, this is, like, what, a couple months. Yeah, and this is also, like, not all literary fiction are, this is a Bildungsroman, which basically just means, like, a coming-of-age story. Mm-hmm. And not all literary fiction are like that, but in this case it is. But you're right, that they are often standalone books. Mm-hmm. So everything that the author wants to do with the characters has to be done in one book. So I think it often has to go much deeper mm-hmm. into the characters. And when you read through this, you feel like you have been through this guy's life with him. Mm-hmm. And like, so when he has an up and down, it's like, oh, I feel like that's someone I know. Because mm-hmm. I've seen him as a child, and I saw him as a teenager, and now he's a young adult. So you can really build that relationship with the character and, mm-hmm. like, really see them deeply. And then in there, there's a lot of room for the author to explore the messy parts of life, mm-hmm. right? Which is, like, what do you do in this situation where it's not clear what's right and what's wrong? And how does that reflect on it? And how does that affect your life? Like, guilt is a big theme in this book. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, how does guilt ruin your relationships with people um, and seep into everything you do. And I think that's one of the things that is a pro about a book like this is because you're looking at how it, so deeply how that affects someone's life, it prompts you to think about your life and mm-hmm. what is my experience with that, which is, the, I think, what literary fiction's biggest pro is, is that because it's so serious about exploring the human condition you have to you can't read it and not look at yourself Mm. and not like think about life in a a little bit of a bigger way whereas like i think a lot of times with genre fiction it's like escapist right very much so where it's like you read it and it's like i just want to get out of my own world Mm -hmm. like i want to get lost in this world with mercy and adam and and the werewolves and all Mm -hmm. their shenanigans whereas with literary fiction it's like no i want you to understand someone else's experience I want to extend your empathy. So I think that would be the one of the big pros for a book like this. It's just that when you come through it, you feel like you've been through something when you read the mm. whole book. Especially a book like this. Um, and I think, too, a lot of the books I read in university, most all of that is literary fiction. Right. I did do some genre fiction and, like, course-specific things, but mm-hmm. you you really feel like it's weighty what you've read. Right. And it affects you. That's a big pro. The cons, we've covered a lot yes. this episode, <laughs> that because it's so intense and it goes so deep into, uh, like, it's such a deep exploration of the human condition, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't want that. Like, sometimes you don't want to look at the deep, dark, dirty parts of life. Yeah. Um, but also that means it could be slow. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, where's the action? There's, where's the snappy dialogue? Mm-hmm. And I think literary fiction should have good dialogue. Yeah, I and like I think there's... it should. I think that's it's not an excuse. You can't say, "Oh, I'm writing literary fiction, so, so my dialogue, dialogue could be weak," no. or uh, but like my interior thoughts that the character is gonna, yeah, like the interior monologue that's gonna be super strong, but my dialogue is gonna be weak. That's not a, an excuse, Mm-mm. you know. And I think sometimes we're like, "Oh, well, it's literary fiction, so it's gonna be slow, it's gonna be boring, mm-hmm. but it's gonna have some kind of merit at the end." Yeah. And that to me, like, just annoys me because <laughs> I'm like, no. Good 
fiction should be all of those things. Right. Should be move at a good pace, should have good dialogue, and it should um it shouldn't be boring. No. Like, no book should ever be boring. No. <laughs> so anyways, that's it just bugs me. Oh so annoyed about so that. I have some very strong feelings. <laughs> Cause like okay, here's the thing. Literary fiction gets a bad rap. Like you said, yes. you would never pick this up no. because it's boring. And that makes me sad because there's like a lot of good things that you could get from a book like this mm-hmm. and things you would probably enjoy. And it oh, would yeah. like stretch you and all that stuff, which we are going to talk about after the reading break. Um, The idea of challenging yourself. But I just, it just makes me so sad that we celebrate books that aren't really like peak. Well, I was going to say like accessible to everyone. Accessible. Reader. Perfect. Perfect definition perfect word because i'm like is it really good writing if no one likes it no and i mean like okay so it's got nice words and fancy sentences and good description but if like nine out of ten people who pick up the book aren't into it is it really good writing yeah so that's like the con of literary fiction is that there's this whole cloud of prestige around it yeah where it's like oh if this is somehow not accessible to the average person that makes it smarter higher brow Mm -hmm. and that bugs me i hate that (laughs) like write things that challenge people in ways that are accessible also so it's a good it's a good thought to end on going into the reading break yes (laughs) that being said (laughs) let's talk about the books that we did enjoy (laughs) yeah no i i liked the goldfinch so that is more in general about literary fiction yes that's like the con of it but the goldfinch is a good like i i thought the goldfish goldfish (laughs) the goldfish cracker (laughs) I thought the goldfinch was a good read. So, anyways. Anyways, reading break? No, we said it together. We shouldn't say it together before we go in. (laughs) Alright, let's just get into this. Reading break. Alright, me first. It's always always me first. (laughs) Always you first for reading break. Yes. Okay. Well, the book that I just finished is... The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. What did you think of that? I really enjoyed it. That was a good one. I liked that one, too. Yeah. I listened to it, and it was a shorter um, audiobook. I think it was only six hours, which was very nice. And I always like Neil Gaiman. <laughs> yeah. I find Neil Gaiman sometimes is hit and miss for me. Yeah. Like, I like Neil Gaiman. I like Neil Gaiman as a person. Yeah, same. But sometimes <laughs> the books are a little too, like, all over the place for me. Um. Yes. But anyways, back to the ocean at the end of the lane. Yes. I was a little concerned at first because it opens up with, like, the character is, like, a middle-aged man. Oh, okay. And um, that always gets me a little, I don't know, like, my, I know myself and I know I don't enjoy reading stories, like, genre stories where it's, like, um, like a middle-aged person because I'm not middle-aged. Okay. Not, okay, I know this, <laughs> this is so superficial and so, like... Okay, but well, anyways. it's the same reason why I don't pick up any books where it's about a mother, because I'm not a mother. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, I think we'll have a lot to talk about in the next part of this episode where we talk about challenging yourself. <laughs> anyways, so I was a little concerned, but I was listening to this book, and it's read by Neil Gaiman, which yeah. I always like, and he has a... He's good. He's got a great voice. Anyways, but it quickly goes into, like, the... Until his childhood, the main character's childhood. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was it was a really, like, sweet kind of... It's not really sweet, but, like, quirky, like, little fairy tale. Reminded me a lot of A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read that? 
No. Okay, well, it reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, so it's essentially just about this boy, and he lives in the English countryside, and he, um, his neighbors, they're like, there's three, so there's the old woman, the mother, and then the child, Letty, and they're playing together, him and Letty, and then they come across this, like, being, mm-hmm. I can't I don't know if they ever had a word for it, but essentially what happens is this, like, you have the classic, um, like, witch character Mm -hmm. comes into his family life and takes it over and essentially just wants to, like, destroy the world. But it's all contained in in this, like, farm and the little house beside it. And it's just, like, his journey to try and, like, defeat this woman who is, like, an adult. Like, Neil Gaiman had a lot to say about how, like... Um, the difference between a child and an adult and how they're like perceived and what they yeah. believe what people believe or don't believe and like right yeah so it was a great story about classic tale of good versus evil yeah i remember that being a fun one mm-hmm. i remember it being kind of like nostalgic too yeah very much so and like i said it's short so it was a good little read mm-hmm. hey jenna i am reading city of thieves by david Benioff, I think that's how you say his name, and I'm reading it from my book club. Mm-hmm. So, funny story about this. <laughs> oh, this makes me so mad. All fired up about this last couple of weeks. So, I had this book. I had a copy of this yes. book. And during COVID, when I had nothing to do last year, I went through all our books and got rid of ones that I knew I wasn't going to read. And this was part of the books. I was like, oh, another World War II book. I'm never going to read this. I'm over the World War II books. And, uh, so I got rid of it. So some, and I want, you know what's funny is I bet you somebody in the neighborhood has it. Oh, did you put it in one of our, I put it in one of the little libraries. Maybe it's someone in your book club. I know. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> and I was like, dang. So then it came up that we were reading this one and I was like, oh great. I have a copy of that. And I looked and looked and looked and I was like, dang it. It's probably in the pile. I put yes. in all the neighborhood mailboxes when the thrift stores were closed. So that's my sad story about this book. So now <laughs> I'm reading it on my Kobo. Got it from the library. Yeah. And it's actually very good. I was not expecting it at all to be this, like, the tone it has. It's about this, um, so it opens with the, I assume the author. It's like, I think it's based off of his grandparents' story mm-hmm. in Russia during the war. So it opens with him, like, modern day, going to see his grandparents and talking about how, what their story is. And then it mm-hmm. opens up, and then at the end of the section where the grandfather tells him, oh, I don't remember all the details, just make it up. And then it opens into the story. Which I thought was kind of a fun way to start Yeah, that's very fun. And the whole premise of the book is that the main character, Lev, he, his family is all gone. He's living in Leningrad during uh, the sieges. Mm -hmm. Leningrad, right? Stalingrad, Leningrad. I can never keep all that stuff straight. Anyways, it's Leningrad, I'm pretty sure, that he's living in. And the whole city is, like, getting bombed out. And there's no food to eat. Everyone is, like, living in poverty. Who's left in the city? Because the Germans are surrounding them and they're Mm. trying to take the city. And he ends up uh, getting captured and then he gets given a mission. Uh, Instead of getting executed for looting, he gets a mission from the colonel. I guess it's the colonel who gives him this mission to find eggs in the city. Interesting. So that his daughter can have a wedding cake. (laughs) So it's just fun. Like the tone is fun. It's... The writing is very snappy, and this is kind of a good example of a book that would be kind of classified as literary fiction 
I mean, it's historical, but it's kind of got that more literary yeah. vibe. But it's very quick read. Like, it's very quick. The pacing, the dialogue is so sharp. And it's just kind of fun because it's kind of about him and then he has this other guy he's looking for the eggs with. So it's kind of like a buddy story. Mm. Um, It's got some, like... I mean, it's set during the war, right? And these yeah. people are living in poverty. So it's got some darkness to it. But... I don't know. I'm really into the way it's written. I think the style is great. I'm like so sorry I gave the book away. <laughs> so, so far so good. I'm, it's not a very long book. So I'm probably not, I don't think I'm quite halfway through yet, mm-hmm. but I'm really enjoying it so far. It's it's such a surprise. Hmm. So, but it's like I said, a great example of how literary fiction can make you think about things, but also be written from, in a way that's good. Yeah. And that reads well. Mm-hmm. And because there are definitely things in that book, as I've been reading through it, um, which I think is might be what prompted this episode to begin with, mm-hmm. where I'm like, wow, that turn of phrase, that is great writing. Like, mm-hmm. the way you describe that, and it's not long, it's like a little paragraph here and there, and I'm like, wow, that image is amazing. Like, that's a great image. So there's, like, there's skill there, but also it's readable, and it's not that long. So, anyways. Anyways. All right, let's get back to the rest of the podcast. Mm-hmm. In the last half of the podcast here, we want to talk about the question that we've been dancing around this whole episode. Should you challenge yourself hmm. to be reading literary fiction or maybe to be reading genre fiction? I think this question more applies to literary fiction. Yeah. Because it seems like as a literary culture, we've decided... Well, not me, but the royal we <laughs> has decided that literary fiction is the stuff, the good stuff. Yes. You know, it's the stuff that wins awards. It's the stuff that you're proud to tell someone you've read. Yes. And you're embarrassed if you haven't read something. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we get embarrassed to say, oh, I'm reading this. Um... This series about werewolves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, is that valid? And second of all, should you challenge yourself to read literary fiction? What mm-hmm. do you think? Um, well, I feel like it's definitely been a journey for myself to, like, to truly, like, I'm at this point where, like, I really don't care if people know what I read. Yeah. Like, definitely, as a teenager, it was a little, not shame, a little shameful to be like, oh, let me just pull out my little, like, trade my- paperback that's, like, about a werewolf. And, yeah. Um, but I'm also, and I'm at this point in my life now where I, like truly don't care and i'll talk to people about it and yeah and it's been something that you have to like train yourself to like get out of to get out of and i feel like that helps by working in a library and yeah like i know it's helped me in my job where i like truly like and well we know as librarians or people who work in the library that we don't judge no no what people are looking for so that's kind of translated into my reading life which is great um so I don't really feel like people should feel shameful over what they enjoy reading mm-hmm. um, because they enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no shame in that. Yeah. And we've talked about that many times on yes. the podcast. I think I totally agree with all that. And you know how I feel about mm-hmm. snotty yes. literary things. And I do think there is a lot of snobbery yes. that goes along with literary fiction and like the award culture and all of that. Oh, and yes. I think that needs to go totally because I think that... If you'll excuse me on another tangent, but a lot of times that snobbery comes from, first of all, classism. Yes. Like these are rich, educated people who can. Typically white people. Yeah, exactly. Who can handle 
this kind of book, who's attracted to this, who runs in the circles that would celebrate yeah. these kinds of books. And if you also look at the liter- literary canon of what we think of as classics mm-hmm. and stuff, that shuts out people of color, other backgrounds, yeah. like other books that are written from different kinds of perspectives. Yeah. And that's dangerous stuff mm. to do that. So I think all of that needs to go. But at the same time, I think it's worthy to challenge yourself as a reader. Yeah. Because these books, like something like The Goldfinch, you're not going to be like, wow, these first two pages suck me in the same way that Frost... Frostburn. I was going to say Frostburn again. That Frostburn does with this snappy dialogue that pulls me right into the scene. Mm -hmm. But I think there's still merit in The Goldfinch. Yeah. You know, just because it doesn't pull you in because you have to work a little bit for it doesn't mean it's not well written. Oh, yeah. So... I'm of mixed feelings on this, as you have probably seen throughout this yes. episode. <laughs> but I think it's okay sometimes for a book to be a little slower paced. You have to work for it. As long as there's something there. Yeah, because as long I, as the payoff is there. Exactly. And then the payoff in this case is you get to really get into this character's life. And Donna Tartt really has something to say. Mm-hmm. I think where it's not worth it is when you have those books that's like just nonsense if you will yeah to sound smart yeah you know like i remember we read a book for our book club a long time ago now i think it was called mothering sunday or something and it was like this girl and she like has we picked it because it was short and i actually picked it so it was my bad (laughs) i just picked something short that i thought looked okay and um this girl isn't wakes up in this big manor house it's kind of like downton abbey-esque yeah and she's has just slept with, like, the the son of the lord of yeah. the manor. And he left her alone and he dies on a car accident. And the whole book is her walking around the house looking at all the stuff in the manor. And, like, reflecting on nonsense. Oh, my goodness. Like, it could... It had potential to be, like... Yeah. Um, about classism or yeah. something to do with that or, like, forbidden love or whatever. But it was just nonsense. Because it's just... Her walking around and being like, oh, look, I see myself in a mirror. And like, uh, like, that to me, I have no patience for any of that stuff. But I think that if there's meat to it, mm-hmm. then it's worth working for. Because, like, for example, I just finished reading Lincoln and the Bardo. Yes. That book, very avant-garde. Mm-hmm. Definitely literary fiction, especially in that stylistic complex. Yeah. I didn't get into that book right away. But when I finished it, I was like, I'm really glad I read that. Because mm. that challenged me as a reader. Just grew what I was exposed to, right? Yeah. And as a writer, too, like, I'm always looking for that because that inspires how I write. If I understand, mm-hmm. oh, look, I could do something like that. Even if I'm not going to, it's like, oh, that's an option. Yeah. And so that is part of it. But then also it's like, I just made me think about things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like, it engaged me. And I had, like, this emotional engagement with it. Even if it's, like... Like, I didn't like everything about it. I think that emotional engagement piece is big that you can get a lot of times with literary fiction. Whereas with genre fiction, because it's yes. formulaic, sometimes it's just like you're just checking out and reading it. Yeah. Which is fine. It's all about balance, mm-hmm. right? Like, would you... All that being said, <laughs> like, do you think it's worth challenging yourself? Like, I'm not trying to... I'm trying to word it in a way that doesn't sound judgy. <laughs> because I'm not trying to, like, make a call. No. I really want to know what you think. I feel like you're right. There is nothing wrong with challenging yourself. I just feel like 
for me, reading is always enjoyable. And as yeah. long as I can, if I can find a book that I can find some joy in and it's enjoyable to read, then absolutely yeah, people should challenge themselves. But I, I never feel like you should, like, it's, if you're not in school anymore, there's no reason why you should be forcing yourself to read a book that you don't like. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the other part of that is, like, sometimes in life, there's things we don't really want to do, but we're glad we've done them. Like, a big one's, like, working yeah. out. No one's like, unless you're weird, no one's like, <laughs> I love working out. It's like, well, I do this because it's good for me yeah. and, like, I hate doing it in the moment, but, like, I like the results it gives me mm-hmm. and I like feeling good and all that stuff. And I think, like, there's merit in sometimes yeah. not being into something right away, but reading it and being like, wow, I really like how that made me think about this topic. Yeah, and I agree with that. I'm not saying that, like, it has to, like, the first, if there's nothing on the first page that doesn't grab me, then I'm not going to read it. Yeah. But I feel like if you're 100 pages in and you, like, yeah. hate the book and you're like, why am I reading this? Am I just yeah. reading it because it's won an award or because it's, exactly. like... Exactly. Are people are going to think I'm smart if I'm Yeah. This? Like, no. Like, you don't have time to do that. <laughs> like, that is true, too. I agree with that. And I think it's, like, I think... The idea is that there's got to be, you got to be getting something out of it. Yes. Whether that something is, you know that by reading it, you're extending your mm-hmm. your range and you're extending your empathy or it's giving you an escape. Yeah. Like those are different things, but they're both something you're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. So different approaches to reading. But if you're a hundred pages in yes. and like you're not getting anything out of it in terms of like I'm becoming a more expansive reader or I'm escaping from my life into this. Then drop it. Yes. Then Time to let it go. <laughs> let it go. So, I don't know. I have a mixed feelings because yeah. I hate the snobby or snobbery of this kind of literary culture. Uh-huh. But then I also reject the idea of, like, I just want to read things that are easy to read all the time. Like, I do uh-huh. think it's worth to challenge yourself as a reader and as a person. Uh-huh. I don't know. I have lots of thoughts. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of it, too, is because I'm a writer. Yeah. I think about how I write mm. and all this applies directly to the kind of work I create. Cause it's like, okay, I want to create something that's accessible to people, but I also want to create something that has something to say about the world we live in. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of an exploration of literary fiction and genre fiction and how we think about it and different yeah. kind of perspectives on it. And I would love to hear what you guys think. Couldn't yeah. Um, reach out to us on social media leave a comment on our instagram i'm gonna try to post a picture of like the two first pages side by side yes it's quite funny to see the difference between them i know we kind of had a laugh when we were looking at them before we started the episode Uh, just to see the differences yes but yeah so we will post that so you can comment on that maybe you hate literary fiction maybe you love it Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you have some recommendations for us. Yeah, like I think the sweet spot is those literary fiction books that make you think about the world, but also yeah. pull you in. So let us know for sure. You can find us on Instagram at Library Life Pod, on Twitter at Library Life Pod, or you can send us an email at Library Life Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I should just record that and play the recording every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it easier. This concludes episode 40 of Library Life. May the good books be long and the bad books be short. Until next time.